Welcome to FisherCast, a Six Feet Under retrospective. I'm your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my Six Feet Undertakers, Moira. Moo. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Des. <laughs> and I have my co-host back from vacation. Yay. <laughs> and we have a guest today uh, who's joining us for the first time. What do you say, Dan? Hello. <laughs> That's a classic. Yeah, yeah. Good to go to goes classic. for the standards. Dignified, yeah. Yeah. or or known as Tammy's husband, Tammy from uh, Carney Cast. Ah, yeah, yes. oh, Carney Cast. We've never yeah. talked about them on the show. <laughs> yeah, oh, I guess I don't know the format. Oh, you mean that old show that got canceled? Uh, and then i am i'm absorbing one half of them for the the next podcast oh them okay (laughs) uh so uh dan are you a undertaker or are you a funeral director I am an undertaker uh, plus Ooh. one because because I am one episode ahead. That's right. We, oh. <laughs> we had a whole mix up this weekend trying to get everybody's schedules. And Dan, you're originally scheduled for the next episode. I apologize for the whole. Oh, no problem. Mix but I haven't seen the season finale yet, but I can't wait yes. to watch it. Mm-hmm. Me too. Uh, <laughs> I've seen it, but <laughs> I'm liking the rewatch. So it, it's getting so good at the end of season three, at least from my point of view. Uh, so, uh, all right. So let's get into the Dar- Darwin Awards. I, it's been so long, I forgot the segment's name. Uh, and this, you didn't even have a holiday. You have no excuse. <laughs> Keep rubbing it in. All right. Oh, poor Robin. And then you guys are off to Raleigh the next week. So we're recording two episodes yeah. essentially in a row. So. <laughs> You know, pretty much done with your vacations by now. Oh. <laughs> and I will be sleeping together again. Oh, you <laughs> will. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. picker never happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this story is called Shocking Fall. It took place on January 1st, 2000 in Nevada. Uh, 26-year-old Todd made a place for himself in history by being the first person to die celebrating the millennium. Minutes before midnight, the Stanford graduate climbed to the top of a streetlight in the front of the Paris Las Vegas Hotel and waved to the enthusiastic revelers below. At midnight, he slipped and, in an effort to break his fall, grabbed the wires that were supplying the electricity to the streetlight. Suddenly, he was conducting more than a cheering crowd. A camera caught his foolhardy climb and subsequent headfirst plunge to the concrete below. It has not yet been determined whether he died from electrocution or from the 30-foot t- fall. Well, actually, it's been 12 years. I'm sure they figured it out by now. But, <laughs> uh, but either way, he deserves the first Darwin Award of the new millennium. So congratulations, Todd. <laughs> Um, Good work, Todd. <laughs> Party. Stanford, huh? This is why I'm avoid, avoiding this huge Vegas trip. You notice how many of these Darwin Awards are <laughs> being awarded to college graduates or college <laughs> attendees? Hmm. Uh, I heard Stanford's like a community college, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's take a quick break and listen to a promo from the Breaking Bad podcast. My name is Walter Hartwell White. I live at 308. 
Negra Arroyo Lane, Albuquerque, New Mexico, 87104. To all law enforcement entities, this is not an admission of guilt. I am speaking to my family now. There are, there are going to be some things, things that you'll come to learn about me in the next few days. I just want you to know that no, no matter how it may look, I only had you in my heart. You understood what I've just said to you? Yes. Lung cancer. Inoperable. Best case scenario with chemo, I'll live maybe another couple years. Maybe you and I could partner up. You, uh, you want a good crystal meth? You. You and, uh, and me. <laughs> That's right. But you know the business. And I know the chemistry. Tell me why you're doing this. Seriously. Why do you do it? Money? Mainly? There you go. Nah, come on. Man, some straight like you giant stick up his ass all of a sudden at age, what, 60? He's just gonna break bad? I am awake. Breaking Bad Podcast with your hosts, Michael... Allie, Jeremy, and Amber Lee. And we're back! And, uh, wow, what a, what a, uh, well, it's a long promo, but, uh, it gets you all excited <laughs> and in the mood to watch some Breaking Bad, so. Hey, hey, over my holiday, I watched season one, so now I am officially on the baking, bra- baking? baking the Breaking Bad. <laughs> I was baking last night, no, the Breaking Bad bandwagon. Try to say that three times fast. And did you enjoy it? I did, I liked it. it- it gets better too as it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really liked it. We were quite, uh, quite lo- engrossed in it. We, had to, we mainlined it over about uh, two evenings, I think. So, wow, wow, mm. this last season was the best. I think. Yeah, I agree. Season four was definitely wow. the best. Yeah. So, were they going to the alternate universe where uh, Walter gets married to somebody that you didn't want him to get married to and has a baby and? <laughs> no fringe dissing, buddy. <laughs> I wasn't dissing fringe. I was dissing the, our beginning of season three talk. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Which Tammy was on, and and she uh, was hoping so much that it was an alternate uh, universe, but it was not. Or at least oh. not that we know yet. Maybe season. Finale I'm still convinced. I'm still convinced. <laughs> alternate well, the season finale is titled "I'm Sorry, I'm Lost." So, um, so there you uh, go. Uh, uh, it's not, I'm sorry, I'm fringe. So you might be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, open casket viewing. Moira, take it away. So season three, episode 11, death works overtime. Fisher and Diaz is overflowing with clients. The lack of any word from or about Lisa adds to Nate's growing desperation. Angelica, Vanessa's sister, takes her on an expensive shopping spree, much to Rico's chagrin. Claire decides to give Olivier a piece of her mind, and Ruth cries all over the jacket of a stranger, George Sibley. David dispenses some practical advice to Arthur about the funeral business, written by Rick Cleveland and directed by Daniel Adius. Adius, I think. Hmm. Cool. So uh, I saw the... I saw... I read... I, I didn't even read it. I listened to the uh, commentary uh, for this episode by uh, writer Rick Cleveland, and... Uh, so I'll have lots of little tidbits to share. Um, he says that death works overtime is the opposite of death takes a holiday, which is uh, the one where nobody 
shows that you're wrong. He also wrote The Trip, and at the time was one of the hardest he'd ever had to write, but this one beats it. He really wanted to explore. He took this episode because he really wanted to explore uh, what he would do if his wife went missing. So he wanted to mm. kind of get into that. So, All right. So we open up on a convenience store robbery. And the uh, cashier, the old lady uh, named Dorothy Sue, gets a little mouthy <laughs> and uh, gets what she deserves. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! to any owners of convenience stores out there who may be amongst our listeners, please note that was Robin's moment. <laughs> and I'm not so backing him up yeah. at all. Uh, yeah. But on a side <laughs> note, don't get mouthy, right, Robin? Yeah! <laughs> I always get mouthy. <laughs> I haven't got shot yet, knock on wood. <laughs> it's coming. Well, I thought it was a little bit like... <laughs> I don't know. She's she 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 flipped out a little. Like, hello, he's he's holding a gun. You know, just I'd be on the floor on the on on, on my belly, like pissing my pants, pretty much. I want to be like, get the fuck out. You know. Well, they said she they they said they'd been robbed like three times. Mm-hmm. So I probably experience shows that just because they have a gun doesn't mean they're willing to use right, it. Right. You know, most most robbers. So don't. she's tired of it and got shot in the head. For <laughs> yeah, her, probably. For her. Lack of patience, yeah. I suppose. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, one, two, three a.m., and uh, Nate is calling Barb, Lisa's sister. Uh, Nate has already made a missing missing persons report, and so is Barb. And uh, you know, they talk about how Lisa has gone off on little vision quests before, but um, she re- she reassures him that Lisa is going to turn up eventually. Hopefully something. Mm. I mean, if she just disappears and we never find out what happens, that would be very annoying. Mm. Hopefully yeah, a dead body be, somewhere. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I spent the whole closure. episode. I spent the whole episode thinking ugh, they have to, you know, either she has to show up or they have to find her dead or you know something mm-hmm. because if they don't, I'm going to be so pissed off <laughs> if it just keeps going and going and they never ever. You know, find out. I mean, I know people go missing and are never found, but not on my TV show. Well, maybe instead of the alternate universe fringe stuff, uh, maybe we'll get into like this like weird place where um, nobody realized Lisa ever existed. And <laughs> that would be they'll great. just forget about yeah. it. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> so, uh, construction worker Edward Tully, yeah, uh, uh, hits some. T- Electrical wires in the site where he's working during an earthquake and is electrocuted to death. Um, then we go back to the Fishers. David's answering a call from Nate, and Nate is up with Maya, and he's really starting to freak out. So David says he's gonna come right over. Give me half an hour. I gotta, <laughs> I, gotta I gotta pretty myself up. <laughs> you know how David takes time in the shower in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's well established. <laughs> uh, David answers. Oh, I'm reading the same thing again. At the gym, uh, on the treadmills, we see the old person, we see the large lady, and then we see really athletic David Monroe getting off the treadmill and having a heart attack. 
I was wondering which one was going to have the heart attack. <laughs> I was like, oh, that guy. No, 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 that girl. I'm like, oh, nope, it's probably going to be the young fit guy. Yes, because by this po- point in time, we've learned the tricks of these writers, mm. and we know they like to play sleight of hand with us. So, yeah. yes, yeah. my money was on young guy with a rhythm disorder for the win. <laughs> But that's exactly why I don't work out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fist bump. <laughs> oh, God, you people. <laughs> uh, so we're at the Fisher breakfast table, and Ruth is really optimistic that they're going to hear from Lisa eventually. Uh, Claire comes down. She's oblivious. Um, the phone rings. Nate answers it really expectantly, and it turns out they've got a third intake coming in. Uh, must be uh, Mr. Monroe. Mm-hmm. Um, David offers Nate to have Rico and Arthur cover for him, but Nate needs to work. And Ruth takes over watching Maya for the day. Uh, we go to the doctor's office where Rico and Angelica are <laughs> waiting for <laughs> Vanessa to get done. Um, David gives him a call and, uh, Rico kind of, uh, flips out on him when he gets a little snippy. Or, or rather, Ricky, Rico gets a bit snippy when uh, David is kind of groaning about him not coming in immediately. Um, yeah, well, you know what? Rico's a jackass and all, but seriously, your family takes precedence over your job, yeah. and I was right there with him. I know. It's like it's like when I called you and or texted you, and you were like, I'm three hours from the end of my vacation <laughs> I'm not on the clock yet. <laughs> I I was just um, fascinated. Exactly. <laughs> fascinated with Angelica's choice of clothing because all I could do was stare at her boobs. Oh. Seriously. I don't remember that. I didn't even uh, I do. It's the same dress yeah. she has on later. I, I, yeah. Can you tell? I don't like Angelica very much. I, I don't like her either. No. Now, what's the backstory on her again? What, Isn't what she an she actress do? or yeah. something? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And but she has she money never... and she lent the money for their house. Yeah, but, but like she's never acting. It doesn't seem like no. she's always in house lately. Well, she must yeah. be like a typical actress. Yeah. Yeah. is a hooker or something, hence the booth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, I, so I expect she gets like the occasional bit role that gets her a bunch of money and then spends but the rest the way... of her time intervening in Vanessa's life. Yeah, and the way she makes... Go ahead. No, she makes a horrible little disdainful comment to Rico. Oh, yeah, maybe it's from living with you or something Mm. and flips over her magazine. I just wanted to slap her, you know? If your job is more important. (laughs) Sorry? Yeah, you know, she, he does, Vanessa doesn't need that shit right now. She's her sister, you know, at least pretend to get along with the husband for your sister, you know? What I mean, she's not the one who was married to Carlos, right? From Desperate Housewives. No, no, that's just friends, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it is. I think it's no, that was his cousin. Oh, cousin, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His cousin. I agree. I think uh, she's supposed to be putting Vanessa's needs first, and she's busy just um, posturing, you know, with Mm. with Rico. And I just like, oh, Greg, bitch, this isn't about you. (laughs) That's all I can think. Right. Exactly. Um. So. Vanessa's in talking to her therapist and she runs down this <laughs> list of meds. 
And I, and I was to... sitting there going, Moira's going to know all of this stuff <laughs> and what it does to you. And I can't wait to hear and about dying. it. I'm dying. I actually, it's the only part of the entire episode. I watched it today, guys, right before we recorded. And it's the only part where I had to reverse it, go back <laughs> and replay it so I could write them down. Because I could not believe what she was on. <laughs> There were so, a lot of drugs. <laughs> okay, so she's on. She is literally on three different antidepressants, one, two different an- anti-anxiety meds, and one sleeping pill. Like, it's talk about polypharmacy. Holy shit. <laughs> and I yeah, mean, good doses of each one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what you, I was wondering. I didn't know if those were low doses or high doses. That, because, I mean, you said, you know, she says like five milligrams. I'm thinking, okay. That sounds like it's not a lot, but when it comes to a drug, that might be, you know, yeah. a strong so they dose. Were, they were therapeutic doses of pretty much like the Ativan, the Celexa. The Trazodone was a bit low if that was supposed to be for sleeping. It should have been more like 50. But the, and the Bus Bar 10, well, if you're doing 300, like that's not even the starting dose. Like she was on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Completely irrational therapy, I might add. And I was very pleased in that scene when the psychiatrist said, okay, we need to decrease your pills. <laughs> <laughs> and I also thought the actress did a good job. That, that final yeah. t- <laughs> down her cheek. Um, mm-hmm. at the end of that scene, I thought, oh, that was really well done. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't love the character, right? But I have to admit the actress is very good. <laughs> yeah, Rick, Rick Cleveland, the writer, said that, that. Uh, you know, right around the writer's table uh, when they were coming up with uh, what Vanessa was taking, that the writers are very well-versed in antidepressants not naming any names. <laughs> oh, well, it's, it's, it's impressive in that what they chose was, yeah, be- I mean, believable in that they're all... You know, real drugs, and that's what they would be doing. But man, what a ridiculous mixture! Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, um, but that happens though, which is you know, mm. like like at least like in Orlando, we're having this big thing where there are certain pharmacies that won't give out um, prescriptions uh, to like from certain doctors anymore. Like they just stop. They're like, we're not going to accept any prescriptions from this wow. doctor. Anymore. Oh my god! But which, she's yeah. in the medical field. She should know better. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. But see, but okay, but she's a nurse, right? And she's not a psychiatric nurse. And so, I mean, I think it's a bit ridiculous. She would take six medications for one condition, but still, um, she really, you know, she's, she's not got the, uh, the, uh, knowledge base mm-hmm. upon which to know what the rationale is behind prescribing, you know, different combinations of meds. So no, unless that was her field and she were a psych nurse, I don't think she'd have a clue. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm not a nurse. I'm not in the medical field at all. And I know you don't like prescribe a whole bunch of different drugs without, you know, making sure they don't interact or, you know, the ma- you don't need more than one, you know, more than one drug to do the same thing is usually not the best way to do it. You know, you'd think somebody in the medical field would have at least a little more knowledge than that. I think part, yeah, maybe, but I think part of it is because she's I mean, you're, I mean, you're right. It's a bit unbelievable. But on the other hand, I think because she's supposed to be um, not of her right mind and not processing things rationally, uh, she's just kind of desperate and believing whatever comes her way. I mean, the ridiculous part was that she took drugs from her nursing friend and then didn't tell her physician, right? <laughs> so it's not as yes. if there's really been a captain of her ship to say, hey, <laughs> what are you doing? So it's good that this woman's going to come along and do it because it's nutsy. I mean, it's crazy. It, well, yeah. I'm just glad she told the lady, you know, what she was taking instead of, like, not telling her. But I guess she probably decided that this is an actual person who is, you know, in this field. 
not just an internist and you know they can this is their specialty they can help me if i let them well i think after yeah she... it was surprising it was surprising to me that she didn't see a psychiatrist right off the bat i think yeah. after she like uh, i thought why i think after why? she passed out she probably thought oh crap this is not going very well yeah and yeah. <laughs> you know it's time to take things seriously here. But it's good. At least we'll get somebody to straighten her out because yeah. that's what we want. Straighten her out. <laughs> Fix her. Mm-hmm. Um, in the next scene, Arthur um, and Rick Cleveland says, give Arthur anything and he'll make it funny. Uh, mm. He's trying to console Nate as <laughs> Mr. Sue waits for for them to do the intake. Um, and he gets into some statistics women are three times less likely to die from misadventure as men. <laughs> oh, God, God, I love you, Arthur. Your attempt at uh, consolation is just so awkward. <laughs> uh, and he begs Nate to have him join him for the intake, and, and he does, lets him. Uh, Mr. Sue talks about how his wife was taken away from him. One minute she's there, and the next minute she's gone. And Nate, lost in thought, mistakens her death as cancer. And he gets very offended about it. Um, Arthur tries to help as Nate clams up and is lost in thought. It's a good thing he did let Arthur come, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because he was actually a real person at that moment and was able to, <laughs> you know, guide the conversation along. Yeah. Because yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure if Arthur was able to uh, do that or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He came through in the pinch, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Good for Arthur. I, and I saw, I saw when he was in the intake thing that all his quirks and his, you know, his politeness and and the way he behaves would actually probably work well for him mm-hmm. as a funeral director. Yeah. Um. So David is talking to Mrs. Tully, and she says she doesn't want her children to see um, Edward dead. Not just because of the electrical burns, but because just doesn't want him to see it. And uh, yeah, another commentary thing: uh, the casket wall. Mick Cleveland talked about the casket wall, and he says he noticed that the actual cheapest casket is called the Cleveland, and he believes it's a joke at his expense. <laughs> but uh, Keith arrives, and David gives him the lowdown on what's going on with Lisa, and Keith offers to talk to his contacts. Um, and he, he wants to talk about other things, but David says, not, not right now. Um, we get to the landlady showing Brenda her new place and, um, Brenda says it's so day of the locust and I'm unfamiliar with that, but I'll take her word. So am I. (laughs) Uh, but Rick Cleveland says something about this too. He says he put that in there because his friend gave him day of the locust when he was thinking about moving to LA and after he read it, he decided to go to graduate school in Iowa. So, good for Rick. He's a funny guy. <laughs> uh, Brenda says her family died in a flood. And Rick Cleveland chimes in again and says relatives, his relatives actually died in a flood. And it was that was an homage to them in a funny way. Uh, <laughs> landlady actually warns her about break-ins that happened there. But... Uh, I feel I felt that was a bit of foreshadowing. Mm. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I would think I don't know, after the whole Billy incident she might feel a little I mean, of course it's been probably like a year or so since that, but I don't know. Um but yeah, she looks across the yard since to the, another Oh sorry. 
And you mean Billy breaking in and trying to cut her? Yeah. Oh. What, what, oh. Not the oh. not the attempt to grab a kiss. The yeah, last that's episode. What I mean. no, 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 I meant like the Okay. Uh, yeah, Brenda looks across yeah. the yard to another apartment with the sound of a horn coming from it, and then decides to take the place. Um. So Claire finds uh, Crazy sitting on his in, on her hearse, and uh, I'm sorry, his name's Russell. Oh, he still hasn't taken poor a bath Russell. yet. <laughs> no, not poor Russell. Russell is turned into Creeper Russell. <laughs> I still love Russell. Though. Oh, um, he has a sculpture it's for the Claire. Actor. I love the actor. He has a sculpture for Claire, which Claire thinks is awful, but she wants to know the details about what happened between him and Olivier, and I'm not going to get into all the things that he she asked him, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but Russell's saying, you know, she's not hearing how much he loves her, and he says he's, he's not going to give oh, up. You know, okay, so can I, look, mm. <sighs> clearly... Russell, <laughs> she has a need to know to try to deal with it. That's why she's asking you. She's trying to comprehend what the hell you were thinking or how you might have got led that direction or whether you're really gay or what have you. She's trying to figure this out. And you know something? I think the fact you just keep dodging the question is not helping your cause. <laughs> yeah, but I think it, it's just going to make it worse because the more he tells you know details and she's just gonna get more and more pissed off that's what i think you know probably but the fact he's dodging it isn't doing him any i I don't you know like and her imagination could be a lot worse worse than what it really is yeah and if he's really trying to win her back then maybe he needs to explain how this transpired that would be his only hope that i can think of to possibly win her back so buddy maybe be contrite yeah, instead you know, of saying, was, you're not hearing me. not. How about you're not it, hearing it what she needs to him. know? Sorry? Yeah. It was all about him. Exactly. Like, yeah. you know, she was the one who was doing all this horrible stuff, like leaving him. But, you know, he was the one who messed around on her. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Men, yeah. I swear. I didn't have a lot of sympathy for him at all in that scene. This is the Fisher cast where we tackle the hard topics. So um, (laughs) let's get into this a little bit further. So if, okay, my wife might be a different deal, but if I had a girlfriend and I heard that she cheated on me, got in this situation with another girl and they went to town on each other, I think I might find a way to get over that. Wait, they went to town on each other? (laughs) (laughs) They just went to town. We we have to know specific sex acts, right? That's a Vermont term for having having sex. (laughs) They had the whoopee. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, You know, they went down on each other. There was some strap-on action, whatever. and then uh-huh. she was like, I'm sorry, I'm going to come back to you, whatever. I think I'd be able to be, I'd be able to get over it. I'd be think, all right, well, are you done with this girl? Is this not going to happen anymore? You know? But Robin, you know what? What it comes down to is ch- cheating is cheating. And it doesn't matter what sex you cheated yeah. with. See, I feel a little different. I feel, I feel more like Robin. I feel like... Um, cheating on someone with the same sex is not as bad because the person you're with cannot give you what that person can give you. You know, if someone cheats on you, like if someone cheated on me with another 
woman, that would hurt because apparently I'm not good enough. But if they cheated on me with a man, you know, my boyfriend cheated on me with a man, okay, they needed a little something I couldn't give That's them. what I'm I could asking. probably forgive yes. them. Yes. The, the way Robin described it is yeah. he also mentioned uh, a strap-on. <laughs> so, now, so now, Robin, if, if it was a strap-on, is that is that yeah, too you much? Yeah, give her that. Okay, take, yeah, take the strap-on out of the equation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's the last time I'll say that on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, take that out of the equation. It's just girl on girl doing what girls do when, you know, they're – you know i don't know if it's if it's it's like an ingrained thing in the back of in in the back of a guy's mind like all right so she's open to it (laughs) whereas with his guys on guys it's kind of a different thing i would think but i don't know maybe girls are kind of like for me i don't know it's not different for me it's all the same to me you know i mean girl on girl guy on guy it's all good but um also men and women are very usually very different sexually like not just the body parts they have but how they Mm -hmm. you know go about it what their emotional thing is so sometimes you know sleeping with someone of the same sex is more of an emotional thing also Hmm. but Um, you know something that can be even more of a threat like i think i think the issue here is you know what um what does it mean for Russell that he made this choice? Because if he wanted to to have a significant, uh, you know, relatively committed relationship with Claire, then the understanding between them was that this didn't include anybody else. And so it doesn't matter to me at all whether he cheated with a girl or a boy. That's not my issue mm-hmm. at, at all. I don't care. I, I think it's the fact that he let that happen, the fact that whether he was exploring his sexuality or not, whether he was confused or not, he still acted on it. And in that sense, he betrayed her trust. Yeah. That's the issue for me. Yeah. yeah. So it's not about, it's not her. about the sex of the person with whom he'd cheated. But I think that Claire takes it a bit further in a later scene where she yells at David about how gay men, uh, you know, try things out on women and break their hearts and then go on to have sex with each other. You know, as like a, a well, practice. Well, she actually right. has a bit of a point there because, hey, that happens. But women, but yeah. gay women do but, that to men too. But more the, most of the time, they're confused. They're not doing it on purpose. They're exactly. not trying to hurt the women. So you can't, you know, I mean, you can't always say, hey, you're doing something horrible here. It's, you know, it's, they're, they're trying to do what they're trying to do. And then it just kind of, it's not working for them mentally you know i mean yeah and actually i think in russell's case that may be exactly what's going on but but all i'm saying you know so i get it that he may be conflicted and confused but i'm just saying that still doesn't um excuse him that's all yeah, yeah. well and he i think should, also, he like, should have talked to her yeah i think Sorry, so go ahead. well i, I think claire he was, told her he was confused i think the reason why claire was so upset was almost because she had it in the back of her mind that Russell is gay. Like, like that's what she thinks. And, and then now, you know, he acts upon that. And then I think that makes her more mad. And I think she's almost mad at herself. Like, oh, I really should have seen this coming. Why would I let this happen to me? Right. And, you know, I think it made it ten times worse that it was Olivier. Oh, well, I right. yeah. sure. Any, uh, any other man, it probably wouldn't have been – as horrible to her. I don't know. Besides David. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You slept with my brother? You know what was her? 
it was her and Russell against Olivier. Right. They were a team, you know? So mm-hmm. that's a big betrayal also. Well, Claire can take that okay. fucker on by himself, and we'll get into that in a bit. <laughs> uh, so, yes, she can. <laughs> so uh, Brenda gets a call from Margaret and wants her to come help scatter ashes with Billy. She doesn't want to be around Billy, but she finally gives in and agrees. And then we get to the scene. Um, Olivier, looking over Claire's portfolio, says, give yourself the grade you deserve. You think you deserve. <laughs> oh, God, I hate teachers like that. You know what? You're the teacher. You're supposed to grade me. You know, I'm not supposed to grade myself. That's not the way it's supposed to work. But it's totally in keeping with Olivier's character, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yes. God. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And she says something here, which is why I think... Uh, you know, it really speaks to what I said earlier in the season is that anytime Olivier talks, I just tune out. I can't write it down. I'm not taking any notes. I'm just like, blah, blah, blah. She says that he constantly contradicts himself. So everything he says is meaningless. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, Olivier says mm. she limits herself. So her work is limited. And Claire says that an artist shouldn't act on an every, every impulse because mm. some are actually wrong. Your hanging with friends game is ready to be played. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what happened? Look, my my other earphones died, and I had to chuck them out, so I have no way to completely turn it off. I'll just go and put it somewhere. I'll just carry on. <laughs> I'll be back in a moment. Um. So, <laughs> moving on. Um. Yeah, she calls him a phony. She says that she's use he's using them to work through his own shit, and he tries to cut her deep. He says that Russell is always going to be the better artist. He's and Claire says he's definitely more ambitious. And she says, give me an A. And he says, undeserved. And she says, unimportant. And walks out. Go, Claire. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, Rick Cleveland says in the commentary, he considered writing a, a quick fantasy segment where she actually pulls out a magnum and empties it into his head. But I uh, thought maybe it would be a bit too much. <laughs> 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 oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Nate's freaking out on the phone, and Ruth comes up and says that everything's going to be fine, and have some apple crumb. Uh, Arthur wheels in David Monroe. There's no room in the reefer, which apparently is not slang for weed in the mortuary <laughs> business. <laughs> Um, Rico tells him to stop fucking whining and get the hell out of here. Wow, Rico. <sighs> like, whoa. Bitch. Yeah, holy, that means. came out of left field on Arthur, buddy. And, you know, Arthur didn't deserve that. Mm-mm. No. No. And but I like how Rico sweet, I like how sweet Arthur was because he said, you know, passed away. Like, as if he's talking to, you know, the family. Like, oh, your loved one passed away. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you're behind closed doors. You can say dead. <laughs> but, you know, it just kind of shows, you know, who he is, yeah. you know. He's, yeah, he's very it. old-fashioned and uh, very proper. And that's why I feel like, you know, uh, being a funeral director and dealing with grieving people would probably work well with that personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe because he doesn't really connect completely emotionally, so maybe he's better yeah. able to have it not affect him. But yelling at him is like kicking a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I just think he's just this nice, innocent, giving, caring person and uh, really has no place in this house at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David's wondering what's wrong with Rico, and Rico um, says he's 
you know, tells him about Vanessa and Angelica and how much of a bitch electrocution burns are. Hmm. Well. Um, Ruth tells Claire up in the kitchen, it's only a matter of time that Lisa will call. She's still being optimistic. Um, Claire says, we got to deal with the fact that something might have gone wrong. And Ruth says, why are you so negative? Claire says, why are you always in denial? And Ruth thinks it's going to be a logical explanation. And uh, Claire's like, yeah, world hunger will be saved, blah, 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 whatever. (laughs) And then Brad Couple's head explodes. Um, She runs into the bathroom and pukes. And we all know Uh what that means. (laughs) Yes, we do. I did not know what that meant because I thought it was leftover from her confrontation with Olivia. Oh, really? Seriously? And the (gasps) fact that Lisa is missing... And the fact that, you know, everything's just. Mm -hmm. No, I wrote down Claire pregnant. Oh, crap. Vomit. (laughs) That was my (laughs) I went straight there. I really, that's what I thought it was. One, first one. And he's just the first one to say, when there's vomiting in a woman, I'm usually the first one to say pregnant. Yeah. But. Yeah, I can think of it. only one instance in TV history that I can't mention on this podcast where someone vomits out of uh, anxiety, a girl vomits out of anxiety. Every other time, it's either she's really drunk or she's really pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> really mm. pregnant. Now, if it was just a little bit of vomit, eh, just a little bit of pregnant. A lot of vomit. <laughs> pregnant. That's how I always determine, you know, how many weeks long they are. Who <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hung up on me? Not, you know, how <laughs> How chunky it is. is how it is. <laughs> oh, you're having twins. <laughs> Wait, now, did you eat some chunky soup or are you having twins? I don't know. Uh, so later on that evening, Keith is going over Lisa's possible uh, roots uh, to her sister's house with Nate and David. And he comes up with the idea that the, what about the credit card company? And Nate's like, ooh, good idea. Uh, the phone rings and it's Brenda. Brenda wants to apologize and Nate screams, screams at her and hangs up. Uh, so he goes off to, um, try to call. I hope he calls her back and apologizes later. Mm. He goes, nah, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he goes off to try to contact the credit card company and, uh, David tells Keith he's probably going to be staying with Nate for a little bit and, uh, they hug awkwardly, and uh, things are kind of left at that for now. Um, so, Nate's now smoking in the house. No consideration for that baby. I didn't even know. <laughs> He's smoking by... Oh, I, I, you know what? I assumed it was weed. Oh, really? I, I think yeah. it's just a cigarette. I thought it was too. Oh, could be weed. He could had the window weed. open, at least. Yeah. That eh, doesn't work. Um, fun bit of... Better than not. <laughs> Fun bit of trivia, the movie that him and David decided on, apparently, is actually The Lady Vanishes. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, Nate wants to take his mind off of things, so he asks him what's going on with him and Keith. Um, David worries he he shouldn't have butted into that whole argument we were talking about. He was listening to you, Robin and Daz. He was clearly (laughs) hearing you from the last podcast. David Uh says that, you know, he's really just kind of feeling numb when they're together and maybe they're just kind of pretending and maybe they're not meant to be together. Good. Break up. (laughs) 
uh, on the commentary. Did you did, wait? Oh, did you wonder at that minute if that was resonating with Nate did, about him and Lisa? Oh no, no, or no, no. Think, no. Oh, maybe that, Nate was thinking, yeah, maybe me and Lisa are meant to be together. Yep. I don't yeah, know. I didn't. I, I didn't so. take that way. Hmm. I think he kind of zoned I out. Did. In fact, uh, on the commentary, uh, uh, Rick Cleveland actually wrote that Nate falls asleep during David's talk. <laughs> and it was his commentary about how much characters uh, uh, monologue on the show <laughs> and wanted to kind of make fun of it. But <laughs> perhaps it's not the time. <laughs> and I think, uh, you know, Nate's insomnia plays really well into the, the mood of this episode. You can see how freaking tired he is. Um, it's the next morning. And Nate is still up watching TV when Lisa comes home! Okay, can I just say, I was completely suckered by this one. Normally, when we have these little episodes and they're fantasy, usually I know, but this time, it totally got me. Got me me too. too. And I wrote down in my notes, I was like, boo, Lisa's back. (laughs) And then afterwards, I was like, oh, I wrote down psych. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, she's still missing. Yay. And can I just say, too, that I think through this entire episode, the way that um, Nate portrays his angst over her missing really speaks to me. Mm. It's so well done. Like, the thought of not knowing where your loved one is, not having a clue, and and it's It's not knowing that just kills you. And it's so well portrayed in this. Yeah, it really is. And like I said at the beginning, it's just like that's what Rick... Rick Cleveland wanted to explore in this. And yeah. I think Peter Krause does an amazing job, no matter what our feedback says. Uh, <laughs> I haven't read any of it yet, so I don't know. Actually, uh, yeah. I'm going to be the one opening up uh, Simone's because she talks about both episodes. Kind of divides. Yeah, I saw the title of that one, so I didn't go near yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll read that one. That way you guys won't accidentally glance over that. Um, but anyway, back to the episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was all a dream, uh, and uh, Nate uh, snaps out of it. I guess he's just kind of daydreaming because his eyes are open. And uh, Maya is up and adorable. She, I, oh, it's so funny you say that because I actually wrote down Maya is so cute because so she cute. is. That's <laughs> Oh, she's oh, she, she's such an ugly baby. She's no, precious. She's, not. she's, she's sweet. so ugly. She's so easygoing. Aw. There are she cute lets her TV dad smoke. Yeah. <laughs> your daddy smoke. <laughs> uh, if that was my child, I'd be so sad. Well, she hasn't <laughs> once asked about Lisa yet. So it's all weird. <laughs> At least there's that. <laughs> Um, well, she wants to know why she's not getting the organic juice anymore. That's crossed her mind. <laughs> and why her grandmother washes her like a potato. <laughs> um, so Nate wakes David up, asks him to watch uh, Maya. And it's funny. It's like, you know, child, little little baby actor, you know. He, he sets David, he sets Maya in David's arms and uh, David's, there's like, oh, and Maya's just completely not interested in uh, Michael C. Hall at all. <laughs> yeah, she's well, looking, know. you know, offline to wherever her parent yeah. is or something. <laughs> Mama, Dexter's holding me. 
Sorry. I noticed earlier in the episode when they were all sitting around the table and she was in the high chair, um, the little interaction between uh, David and Maya, and uh, you know she had like the little snack food or whatever, and he like put one on her tray and she was handing him the other one and he took it and put it in his mouth. Oh. <laughs> and then she picked the one on the tray and was holding it to him, but it was like he he looked like you know I. Um, you know, someone who was very distracted and just, you know, uh, it looked like a real interaction, you know, not actors, because the way he was distractedly taking it from her and putting it in his mouth and putting some on her tray for her. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. It's cute. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, Nate is out in the front yard smoking, and then he grabs a rig and beats the shit out of a tree and breaks the rig. <laughs> and uh, Rick Cleveland said... Um, this was his version of the Japanese tradition of the anger tree where you, you know, if you're really upset with your family or whatever, you just go out and take a stick and whack a tree for a while. Um, and, uh, I don't know if he was joking or not. He's like, the tree, was, the tree is fine. We hung a protective sleeve over it, <laughs> but I, I don't know if he was kidding or not. That could be some trivia. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, David comes out with the phone and they found Lisa's car. I was worried they'd found Lisa's body. Mm. Not worried. Hopeful. (laughs) (laughs) Vanessa and and Henneke are going shopping. Uh, Rico asks uh, if him and Vanessa are going to, you know, do dance class. She says maybe, but uh, yeah, she really wants his credit card. Um, And Rico is really trying to act like a saint, and you just see the grimace behind the (laughs) smile there. (laughs) Uh, Rick Cleveland says that uh, Justina and Freddie, uh, the people who play Vanessa and Rico, um, have a natural chemistry, and she actually gets really mad at him when he messes up a scene. <laughs> That's how well they work, they work together, or whatever. That's how much how well they know each other, um, or how, how comfortable they are with each other. So uh, the Chenoweths uh, discussing where to scatter the ashes, whether they should go to Malibu. I don't want to go to fucking Malibu, and oh, you know, <laughs> and let's plant a tree. Oh God, really? Uh, I find this so funny that they've not already discussed this. <laughs> yes, I really yes. do. <laughs> oh, Chenoweths. <laughs> well, maybe maybe Margaret was just happy with the urn, and um, and then she was just like, "No, oh, I got to get this out of here." You know, I don't know. Um, maybe after many nights of soaking wet, Bernard visiting. <laughs> um, Margaret asks it, why the why why Brenda and Billy aren't talking, and they're like, "Oh no, we are, we are." Um, and then she says, "Fuck it," and dumps uh, Bernard off the balcony, releases <laughs> ashes, and now he'll be in Westwood for all eternity. Uh, he'll probably yeah. go away. That's just. Ooh. I, I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was great. It's, it's funny. Solves the problem. <laughs> it really doesn't matter where you dump the friggin' ashes. The guy's dead and gone. Also, the ashes are gonna blow away. You know, I mean, really, it doesn't matter. So I thought it was great. Problem solved. I like how uh, Brenda <laughs> pushes a little, a little bit of ash off the side of the balcony. Yeah. That's <laughs> a great little <laughs> moment. I like that. Yes. <laughs> Fly, Dad, fly. <laughs> no, Dad, you're messing up the balcony. Yeah. Please. Someone get up, room. Uh, so the test is positive. 
And Claire's oh, looking a little no, scared. No, more babies. No, babies. No, they, my prediction, are... my prediction is that Claire is not going to have a baby. Claire will either miscarry or have an abortion. I was thinking the same thing because you know what? She's really kind of young. You know, her mom was that age. I think when she got pregnant, mm-hmm. yeah. I think she, yeah, I think she'll, she'll handle it or, you know, it'll handle itself. You know, yeah, hopefully. it's not quite history repeating itself, but you know. Yeah, talk about getting trapped when you don't want to be. Yeah, I don't know. I think Claire will have the baby, right. and Maya and, and Claire's baby will be best friends. It'll be fun, and <gasps> Nate can babysit them <laughs> and smoke them and all that. Stuff. <laughs> oh, You're no, the we're, worst. We're merging off into a fringe alternate <laughs> reality again. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, this is not of it makes me want to cry. Maya and uh, Russell Jr. will get married. Oh God. <laughs> um, I don't think that's legal. <laughs> Not if Billy's in charge. Um, oh God, so gross, so gross, so gross. So, uh, anybody gonna commit to uh, an actual theory about this? I mean, I mean, both of you are like the baby's doomed, and it's gonna happen one way or the other. My theory would be abortion. Abortion. Where's yeah, that abortion? That would be my theory also. Survey <laughs> says that. W- that's also my theory. Okay, abortion, no. abortion. Dan, Dan, do you have a theory? Um, Papa don't breach. Keep him a baby. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. Okay, the Madonna theory. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the <Madonna> theory. <laughs> uh, they're both on the board. Okay, let's. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> What's that guy's name again? Richard something. Dawson. <laughs> yeah, Thank Richard you. Dawson. Yeah. Richard the creepy kisser Dawson. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, with the moist kisses. Ooh. <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Anderson. Let me have a nice kiss. You don't we'll let your husband watch. Suave guy. <laughs> um, so the uh, the Sue and the Tully wakes are going on at the same time, and David asks for Claire's help and uh, asks her to hand out programs and smile, but not too much. Um, David wonders what's wrong with her, and she tells him about how Russell cheated. And again, what is it with you people? You can't figure out what you want. You got to string girls along like me, like to ease the transition. Hmm. Um. So, uh, oh shit, what did I write? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. James Cromwell walks up? No, 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 before that, um, I wrote, <laughs> I wrote in my notes, and I, I just was trying to be vague with myself, uh, they discussed whether Moira's theory was correct. <laughs> Moira's theory of Lisa's fate, of course, is suicide, where Des said <laughs> she ran off, and David and Claire talk about it and they don't think that at least Claire especially doesn't think that Lisa would kill herself um and then I think it's more it's more likely she would kill herself than run off and leave the baby you know what I mean yeah or be abducted and, and murdered but in you committed to ran off does so you right. can't I did okay. I did I'm gonna go ahead and stick with it but I'm just saying <laughs> that to me it seems was. more likely that she would not leave the baby and just run off, that she would actually, you know, kill herself first. Well, I'm rooting for the both of you. If she has to leave the baby, you know, something like killing herself seems more likely than, you know, just running off and abandoning the child. Dan, what are your thoughts? 
Uh, wait, uh, is there any, I can't remember what Is there happens. a Madonna theory for this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, well, yeah, look at my right. catalog of Madonna songs. Like yeah, a prayer, yeah. um. You're hoping uh, that like Lisa gets a chance to express herself. <laughs> I gotcha. Yes, you know, because uh, we, of light. never mind, I asked, because, uh, since you, we, we all know that you saw the next episode, so it would be a spoiler whether you could give, give an opinion or not on this, so. Let me just well, forget I, I, I asked you. you. I, I could tell you what I thought at this moment. Okay. Uh, and I, I, my theory is that um, we never find out hmm. that, that, that 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 she just, yeah that that she just goes missing like we talked about before. This is something that happens, except not on TV. Mm-hmm. That um, there's missing people out there, and you just never find out. And I think this is a show that would do that. You know, because I, I, what I love about the show is they make choices that typically other shows don't take. And I, I think that's what they would do is she would just be missing and, you know, the, the Fishers have to go from there. In a way, that would be kind of cool. That'd be kind of groundbreaking. Yes, but very frustrating uh, for, <laughs> well, course, you know, yeah. I mean, I understand, you know, I know that not knowing is the worst thing. You know, if you know someone's dead, at least you can move on. But not knowing if they're alive or dead is just so, so horrible. But also as a TV viewer, it would be really, really frustrating. Well, they brought the season in pissing you off. They might as well go out pissing you off. (laughs) I bet they will go out pissing me off some way or another. (laughs) Again, the season finale is, I'm sorry, I'm lost. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm emphasizing which words, right? I'm not even saying words, right? So whatever. Moving on. I hope it's not Lisa calling and saying, I'm sorry, I'm lost. Can you come pick me up? <laughs> I got lost in my vision. <laughs> For a visit from the smoke monster. <laughs> she took a wrong turn in Albuquerque. <laughs> Um, so yes, an older gentleman shows up for Mrs. Sue. James Cromwell. James Cromwell playing George Sibley, which, uh, who I wouldn't actually, wasn't actually going to say his name until I realized that the, uh, the summary of the episode actually says his name. So yeah, I, I, I made sure to pay attention to see if they say his name at all, but they don't, but yeah, that's George Sibley. I'm assuming he's going to be on the show for a little bit. He's a pretty big ass star. To just have one little role. Yes, one agreed. Little I was excited to see him because I tend to like him in whatever Me he too. does. Yes. He's very yes. good. You guys big babe fans? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> he was on ER for a while, you know, well, a few episodes. Um, but, you know, I've seen him in a lot of other stuff. And in movies. Babe, He's in know. movies. Yes. He's very, um, What's the word? Reserved and mature and stately, usually. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. I don't know. I'm not using the right words, but you know what I mean. No, that's a good word. So we're at Lisa's car, and Nate sees that her backpack is missing, and there's a Dr. Pepper can, and she'd never drink Dr. Pepper. And uh, the... okay, so hmm. if she was abducted, don't you think they would have taken her? wallet out of the glove box um so i'm thinking maybe she just did run off if she was gonna kill herself in the ocean she would not have taken her backpack Hmm. what if she went for a walk in the hills or something near the beach and she fell and twisted an ankle or i don't know 
fell through a rock yes, face that's or something. Likely. Has it been 127 that's hours yet? <laughs> Ew. I'm sharper her teeth. Ew. So the cop says, you know, no matter what, there's no evidence of foul play here, and I'm screaming at the TV. Fingerprint the can. The can is not supposed to be there. Well, okay, a can of soda. Just because the husband says she doesn't drink it, she thinks it's toxic. What if she secretly does? You know, How much to figure out? Or she was doing one last crazy act before, you know, offering herself. Yeah. Mm. Who knows? Well, see, I always thought of her as like a fake hippie, mm-hmm. you know, because she always like, uh, oh, I'm vegan chef and this and that. But then she always does other things that it's like, uh, I don't think someone <laughs> who's like that would do those kind of things. So I think like the reason maybe why she would like get on Nate so much about like his secret smoking and stuff like that is because she actually has stuff too. She has her own thing that she does mm. and doesn't want people to know. Mm. Like Dr. Pepper. Drinking Dr. Pepper all the time. <laughs> yeah. Cool theory, Dan. I like that. Lisa with some depth. So what's worse? <laughs> drinking Dr. Pepper in the car and not letting your husband know or jerking off in the car and letting your wife know. Drinking Dr. Pepper. Drinking Dr. Pepper, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the cop says, you know, there's a motel up the road. You stay there. Maybe you can wait and see if she comes back. But the car is going to be towed tomorrow. So, um, Margaret is killing us loudly with her song. Uh, us Roberta. Loudly. That was all in- improv, by the way. That... Yeah, oh really? That, That's cool. Yeah, um, the actress brought it to the scene, said this might work really well. Um, so yeah, Billy needs to tell Brenda. Ew, he's in love with Ew, her. He does not. He knows Ew, it's he wrong, not. but it's still true. It, it is so gross. He has to let he, it go. He did not. Why? He really okay, want, he, wh- he knows it's wrong. He knows that nothing's going to come of it. He knows she doesn't feel the same way. Why does he insist on saying it? He just ruined their, uh, you know, relationship completely. <laughs> he did not have to say it. Well, I think he's so in love with her that he just like he had to get it out. Yeah. Not that he should have. You know, some stuff you just keep at home. <laughs> but right. but I think just for his, his own sake, he had to to get it out, and he did. But that's ridiculous because now things are ruined, you know? He but just weren't they already her. ruined when he tried to kiss her in a very unbrotherly way? I mean, doesn't she already been know? still saved, I'm sure. I mean, you know what I mean? Eventually, they probably could have got past that if he was just out of his mind. But no, if he's nurse? in love with her, <clears throat> if he's in love with her, then that's, you know, that's it. Uh, yeah, so the writer says here that Billy is on the long road back from crazy, and um, there, this really? is something this is something new for him. This is something that he's got to have to get over, and that they really they really like the character. They, they they just don't want him trying to carve people up every season. So <laughs> this is a, a a new kind of take or whatever. They decided to go a little further with the uh, brotherly sisterly <laughs> bond. This still seems crazy to me. I'm sorry. Well, I hope they can, you know, work things out and get together, those crazy kids. Um, so <laughs> Get together in what way, Robin? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> hey, love is love. Yeah, you, can't, you can't put a label. Uh, <laughs> I'm just talking and greeting cards now. 
Yes, you can. It's incest. <laughs> incest is a label. And illegal. <laughs> yes. Yes. So uh, back at the Fishers, Ruth is still saying everything is going to be all right. And David's like, you know, she, she had triple A. She, she had a cell phone. She had to, you know, we, we would have heard it from her by now. Um, but Ruth says she's got to trust her feelings. That's all she has. And, uh, yeah, in the commentary, uh, I guess Frances Conroy had, a, you know, she's carrying Maya around during this entire scene. And, you know, when she's acting, she really gets into, like, how, I mean, it's, like, she literally feels, like, awful while she's doing it. Like, feels like Ruth Fisher. So she said it was really hard for her to do that with the baby in her arms, you know, because she didn't want to, like, scare the baby or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, the baby, I, you see when she was, like, yelling, the baby started getting upset. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think it the did. Baby it started to cry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which was good, though, because it was very realistic because mm-hmm. babies do pick up on your mood like that, yeah, and they yeah. will react appropriately. Yes, they do. It's sort of uh, funny watching Ruth just clinging to hope like that. Mm. She's, you know, with her with her bare knuckles on the edge of a cliff, kind of. Yeah. Ugh. I. You know, uh, she may be deluded and all, but, you know, she's trying to, you know, trying to hold on to that. And then also, she's the one telling people it'll be okay. You know, things will work out. It'll be okay. And you know what? They might need to hear that Mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, that's usually her, kind of her role, right? To try to make everything, um, try to make everything as normal as possible. That's what Ruth does. Right. Yeah, because that's what um, I think it was last episode where um, she was talking to Nate because, you know, he broke down. I think, mm-hmm. right? Was that the rubbing the ep- shoulders thing? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I wanted to make sure I wasn't going ahead. But, anyway, <laughs> so um, that would be bad. But, um, you know, Ruth, uh, she talks about how hard this job is and everything and how she had to console Nate Sr. And I think she's just always taken that role and she's always just very positive and and in this case almost to like a fault, you know? Yeah. Well, that's been her role is taking care of her family, you know? Exactly. That's all she's ever done. So, but, you know, somebody needs to, someone needs to keep a calm head in the situation and you know be able to make things normal yeah and uh you know (laughs) unfortunately it's kind of good that at least there's one person trying to keep a positive outlook because you know david and claire are both like she's gone she's gone we're fucked Mm -hmm. nate's poor poor nate (laughs) you know so Back in the Diaz's. Yeah. Uh, They're like the exact opposite of Ruth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, back at the Diaz's, this is Rico comes home to a brand new TV and refrigerator. <laughs> Who didn't see that coming? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't really expecting appliances, actually. I was expecting clothing yeah. and, you know, ridiculously un- uh, useless was- jewelry and stuff. Yes. Me too. 
So yes, bags and bags of shopping bag, you know, clothing. Yeah, yeah. bursting. Yeah. That's what I was expecting. Yeah. And I liked how quickly they were able to uh, send it to him. You know, like, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> we'll have him that we'll day. We'll follow you. you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, up installed and ready to watch cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except the fridge doesn't fit into the <laughs> the kitchen. I guess I we didn't think about covers. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love how nonchalantly she's like looking at a magazine. She's like, yeah, you're gonna have to do it. Uh, you're gonna have to remove some of your covers to get the fridge in there. She's just such a bitch. Oh. So, uh, yeah, yeah, apparently Rico yeah. and Vanessa have a over $100 roll on the old credit card. I have a over That's $5 roll on my credit card. Um, <laughs> but, you know. That is smart. That's just good, good yeah. to, to, you know, talk about the more expensive purchases. So. Right, because okay, so the sister um, argues that oh, you know, she takes care of the children, she works full time. Well, you know what? They both work full time. They both contribute income. Mm-hmm. Then it is something that they both need to um, be okay with to spend a large, you know, amount of money. So it's not, you know, I mean, just because she works too doesn't mean that you know she gets to spend all the money. Right. Yep, the sister-in-law's a twit. Bitch. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Oh. Um, so, yeah, Rico storms out. And then um, we're back at the Fishers, and George Sibley rings the bell, and he wants to look in the room for his uh, reading glasses where the wake was. Uh, is it the pastoral room? I don't know. Do you know what? For a brief instant there, I had this horrible feeling that he was going to be a bad guy. That he that something bad really? that he was going to assault Ruth oh, or something. I did. No, no, James Cromwell. I don't think he can play a bad guy. He always <laughs> plays presidents and senators. And, you know. I have seen him play a sinister role, yeah, but now I can't too. tell you in what movie. But either. but just for an instant, I thought, oh, please don't go there. I don't want you to do that. So I was very pleased when they did not. And when he actually found his reading glasses, I knew it would be okay. Yeah, he was. <laughs> wasn't just a lie. The president, the president, in deep impact. Yes. Yeah. No. 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 He wasn't? Senator. He was a senator. Morgan though. Freeman was the president. Morgan Freeman was the president. He was a senator. He was the president in Clear and Present Danger, because I remember him and Harrison Ford arguing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. He, We'll go with that. He was a senator. <laughs> yeah, he was a president. Whatever. <laughs> he, he was in politics because he was stocking up his boat with all the insure when Taya Leone came to interview him about Ellie. <laughs> so. Sure. I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyways. So, uh, yeah, um, he finds his reading glasses, and he says he didn't really know Mrs. Sue. He saw her every morning when he got his newspaper. And then Ruth breaks down and uh, oh. tells him all about Lisa. And then she says, I cried all over your jacket, and you're a complete stranger. And he looks at her and mm-hmm. smiles and says, not anymore, I'm not. And we're like, there's the new Ruth romance. And then I grab a Kleenex and I I blow my nose and really is coming out of my mouth. That one did that didn't make me cry. No, Uh, later on I'm not crying at this point, but I am so overwhelmed with emotion by now that this little gesture of awesomeness by George Sibley uh, really kind of uh, broke me a little bit. Why does that name sound so familiar to me? Because he's on Six Feet Under. I know. I mean, the name George Sibley sounds really familiar to me. I don't know. I don't know either. But anyways, yeah. He, um, I just knew it was going to be Ruth's new, new, uh, relationship too. Yep. 
Yep. Hmm. Well, at least he's sort of more her contemporary. Mm-hmm. Thank God. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> Not creepy. Well, uh, David packs a bag and he uh, thanks Keith for being there or here or wherever. And Keith says, "Call me if you hear anything or need anything." Hints, hints. Like sex. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, David, David and Keith are a bit in limbo at this point. So, uh, we cut to the next scene where Rico is passionately dancing with a hot lady that is not his wife. I was with shocked. A weird face on. Shocked. Yeah, I love that I face. Was, it's I was you know what? He was too cheap to have blown the money for the dance lesson. That's what that was about. Right. <laughs> right. So he showed up alone, and yep. this chico was probably alone. So you know, I don't know. I don't think he was. Be, I don't yeah. think he was dancing with her because she was a hot lady. I think he was dancing with her because his wife wasn't there. There were two different places that he and Vanessa danced. He, they danced at class, and then they went out to a club and danced. And I do believe that. Rico was dancing at the club, not at the class. I think he was at a club too, but I think he was just letting off steam. I think so too. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not expecting yet another uh, aspect of infidelity here on Six Feet Under. I really wish that <laughs> not I could. Yet, not yet. That I could salsa off some steam. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta dance. I just gotta dance. <laughs> uh, so. Nate is sitting in the doorway of his beachside hotel room, looking through. That's a great hotel, yeah. like with the little patio right onto the beach. No kidding, that's, that's awesome, awesome for a motel. <laughs> yes, I wanted to stay there. Um, he's looking through Lisa's overnight bag, looking through some pictures, and he hears a knock, and it's the best brother and sister ever. And he cries oh, and hugs sweet. them and gives them each a little peck on the cheek, and I just start sobbing. <laughs> you oh, know what? No, I teared up at that. I did. Oh, my I God. I did. Oh, and then I thought to myself, Des is going to complain. There's too much damn bawling in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Nate cried all the time. I don't care. His oh, dumb wife's missing. He does. That was beautiful. It was just lovely. <sighs> I thought Those it was people great. who needed to be there, where it's his brother and sister, yes. it was perfect. I love that they showed up. He opened the door. I was worried it was going to be a police officer Me telling too. him, yeah, mm-hmm. found her. And then when I saw the two of them, I was just like, oh, that is just beautiful. <laughs> exterminate. Exterminate. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say that with any emotion at all. You're just like, that was beautiful. No, I did. I said, oh, that was just beautiful. No, said, she did. She said was. beautiful, yeah. not that was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> this not was you are a Vulcan. I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the next morning, um, looks like Claire's been up all night. David has gotten a great night's sleep. And we move out to the car, and Nate's sitting in there listening to the radio and just waiting. And, uh, yeah, so last little commentary piece is that Rick Cleveland said that scene was not something they planned when they did the script. Just when they were doing it, it seemed like the perfect ending that, you know, he, he says that he probably wouldn't even got in a hotel room if his wife got missing. He probably would be sitting in that car all night, you know, and that's why he wanted Nate to be in the car at the end of the episode. So... 
God. Good episode. So uh, let's get into our break from the top five podcast. And we'll be right back. This is Mike. This is Trav. We'd like to remind you of one of the best podcasts on the net for over three years running. The Top 5 Podcast Spectacular. WTF, Comedy Bang Bang, Nerdist, Smodcast, we've been at it longer than them. Okay, not Smodcast. Come back to one of the originals. New co-hosts, new segments, but still as funny, interesting, and oftentimes thought-provoking. The Top 5 Quiz. Cinco Thinkos. And the Top 5 of the Week. If you hated us before, we get it. But come on, try it again, it's different. The new Top 5 Podcast Spectacular. Now with 150% more retard jokes, senseless catchphrases, and absurd singing. Twice a month on iTunes, Zune Marketplace, and at top5podcast.com. It cures AIDS! And we're back! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good, we needed a little break to collect ourselves. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Some of us did, some of us didn't. Stop crying, Des. (laughs) <laughs> Look, I'm trying out these human emotions, okay? You know, I mean... You like data. Data. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, I am. <laughs> uh, um, so we have the next segment, Fisher of the Week. And uh, it's in which we award the Fisher family member who's our favorite this week. And we ask why. We, we say why. I, I sometimes ask why, and sometimes <laughs> I don't need to. Dan... <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> mine was Ruth. Okay. You can ask why, Robin. Why Ruth, Dan? <laughs> uh, well, it was because, you know, she was just so optimistic the whole episode, except for the very end. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I just loved how she tried to just hold the family together. And she made all these, like, crazy ideas of what could happen or or. Like, they're talking about, what was it, the cell phone or something? And she's like, oh, whatever batteries run out of. Like, she doesn't even know. It's very mom speak and just trying to just trying to console people but not really doing a good job. Excellent. Uh, Des? Um, okay, well, I would have picked Claire because she stood up to Olivier and because she stood up to Russell – However, she went and got herself knocked up, so she is no <laughs> longer my fish of the week. Yeah, um, so I'm gonna go with Ruth also because I also uh, I really liked how she was, you know, trying to keep things normal and very optimistic, and e- even the breakdown at the end. You know, um, I just I felt bad for her because she was. I feel like she could have remained optimistic if everybody wasn't trying to take that away from her. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of felt sympathetic for her. All right. Moira. Also James Cromwell, quite a hottie. So go <laughs> Ruth. <laughs> Moira. Okay. Uh, well, sorry, no shots. I'm going a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hovering over Claire for a while for the same reasons as you does. But, um, but in the end, I, I didn't go that way. I'm actually going with Nate. Nice. And I'm doing that because I think that despite all the criticisms I have of him, <laughs> um, in this episode, I see him genuinely caring about Lisa. It's as if this is this is him manning up and um, 
and acting the way a bereaved spouse should be acting and half crazed and out of his mind with worry. And I had so much empathy for him in that moment um, that I, I couldn't go any other direction. So, yeah, I'm giving it to Nate. I honestly was sitting here at the end of this episode going, I wish I could give every Fisher Fisher of the week because mm-hmm. they're all really mm-hmm. good. And, you know, and Nate, Nate, like, like I just think of like Nate is really, really worried and doing, you know, uh, the bereavement thing, like you said, but he's also like still being a good dad. It's not like he's letting the baby, like, you know, is like making sure the baby's okay or whatever. Cause I'm all about the baby. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that, uh, Ruth and Claire and David were, um, excellent, um, as family to, to Nate and Maya is just freaking adorable. I would not give it to Lisa because Lisa is causing all these problems right now. Um, so <laughs> plus she has to appear in the damn episode oh, that's true. Yeah, in order that's to right. get it. Okay, that's right. <laughs> the picture does not count. So I thought it over and I thought about uh, each of the characters and their issues and do they conflict with helping Nate out? And I came to David as being my Fisher Leak because he is the only one in this episode that completely sets his bullshit aside, his own life. And like completely, it's like, you know, just cuts it right off the key. He's just like, not doing it, whatever. I mean, obviously he didn't get pregnant. (laughs) So (laughs) I can't hold that much against uh, Claire. Um, Claire was awesome. She was super Claire in this episode, but I got to give it to David because he was completely and totally there for Nate. And that was really the focus of the episode to me. So that's our Fishers of the Week. And let's get into... See, I felt like maybe Date... Hello. (laughs) If you to acknowledge me. Uh... You're acknowledged. Go ahead. I felt like maybe David was also trying to escape from people. We have a delay. Um... I felt like maybe David was trying to get a little away from Keith a little bit too. So uh, I felt like he had an ulterior motive there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I agree with you that all of the fishers were great this week. Yeah, yeah it was it was a much tougher choice. Sometimes we have weeks where we think they're all awful and, we, and then we pick baby Maya, you know, <laughs> and this was not one of those weeks. Hey, sometimes yeah. everybody's <laughs> fine. You could still pick baby Maya because she's adorable. <laughs> I told you, I picked her for sex reasons. I think that was the best reason ever. Sorry? Um, when I picked baby Maya, it was because she let them go have sex in a rock. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but no, they were all, yeah. And, and it's frustrating because I kind of wanted to give it to Clara because I'd been um, kind of whining that I wanted to see her, you know, kick some ass and do what she yeah. needed to do, which she did. But still, I couldn't quite, couldn't quite go mm-hmm. there. Um, so let's get into our listener eulogies. We have three eulogies to, uh, perform. (laughs) Um, (laughs) let me read the first one. This is from Simone and she says, hello, fishers. Uh, (laughs) death works overtime had an interesting open one. I remembered as soon as Ed Tully was electrocuted. Did Bran move into a retirement village, or was it very low key set of units? She didn't seem to like the to, to like the dullness. Oh, mm-hmm. Russell, just stop trying. Let her deal with it, and how maybe she'll come around. I love they focused on the art book when Claire was puking. I didn't notice that. 
<laughs> um, no one was tricked by the Lisa comes back scene, right? Because I wasn't. Actually, I was <laughs> loser. I was <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, Mr. Chenoweth. Yeah, we were. And thanks, Mrs. Chenoweth, for ruining one of my favorite songs. <laughs> I feel really bad for Brenda and Billy um, regarding Billy's love confession. Clearly, they were severely fucked up as children. I know my childhood trauma screwed up my ability to love. It's just really sad, you know? Who cheered when Angelica uh, tore Rico a new one? LOL. Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. I want her and her breasts she, to go somewhere sucks. else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. You're, you're cutting me here, Simone. Uh, she says next, how fucked up is Nate? Why was he never this emotional and connected when Lisa was around? He's a tool. She probably would never have left if he just showed a tenth of his I, this I care crap to her. You don't know what she... Sorry, you're going to quote Cinderella? Go ahead. Well, you don't know what you got until it's gone. That's right. Yeah, I was going to quote Cinderella. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I could have sang it for you, but no. No, no. Now I need to play it at the end of the episode. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> the character I've been waiting three seasons for. George is finally here! Yay! And well, that bodes well. I, I don't know so if that implies one. anything, yeah. but he pro- we'll probably see him next episode. I would assume. So uh, we have one from Brad and one from Tammy. Yes, Tammy Dan's other half. Who is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So go ahead. He wants to not familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Liar! When I was texting you the other night, you were in bed with that one. <gasps> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> so who gets Brad's email this week? Des does. Des does. Okay. Okay. Oh, Brad, you Give kill me. me. You're a kill me. You're a kiln. No, you're killing me, Brad. Killing me softly. He's killing me softly with his <laughs> feedback. <laughs> All right. Brad says, death works overtime, unlike the writers. <laughs> Yikes, if Russell and Claire got into a large forehead slash barely existent eyebrow off, I'm not sure who would win. <laughs> Each line of dialogue in this episode is astoundingly worse than the one preceding it. It's really awful. I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, um, I love this awesome. Rico... <laughs> Rico went to dance his cares away. He deals with problems like a fraggle. The shittiest <laughs> fraggle. Ever. Oh my god, I didn't get that when I read that. That's awesome. <laughs> now I have that song stuck in my head. Where is for another um, day? Let the music play. Down a fraggle rock. Down a fraggle rock. <laughs> All right, back to the email. James Cromwell makes the creepiest cameo ever. <laughs> I really thought Ruth was about to get raped. Oh, Please see, tell me this. What <laughs> I did not. Be? I didn't even. I didn't because he's James Cromwell. He's just you know. Um, please tell me he has Lisa's dismembered body in his basement. <laughs> uh, awesome. <laughs> Mario, do you want to take Tammy's, or we want to send that yes. to Dan? Yeah, no, no, no. I don't know. They might be a little too intimate. <laughs> All righty. Tammy writes, Hello, FisherCast. I can't wait to hear if you all think Lisa is missing, dead, or just ran away. 
I think she went hiking, got lost, maybe lost her memory, but I feel like she'll be back. If only to annoy me. <laughs> and me. Yeah, and me. Yeah. So who called that? So, oh, so who called that Claire would be pregnant? Maybe it was Brad and Tina. It was Brad. <laughs> yeah, it was. I can't I think he actually went. said he was going to stop watching if Claire had pregnant. So. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no more feedback from Brad. All right. <laughs> I cannot believe they went there with the stupid pregnancy storyline. They already did this with Lisa, so why make Claire go through it? Let's because not we rehash care about this. Claire. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And we don't care about her stupid bastard child. <laughs> <laughs> I so harsh, silence. So harsh. <laughs> uh, let's not rehash this. And Russell and Olivier just need to both go away. I agree. Ugh, and the Diaz family. They can leave with Russell and Olivier. <laughs> I agree. And Delica is worse than Vanessa. Yeah, I totally yes. agree. Yes. Yes. Way worse. Yes, yeah. let's let the new little drug addict go on a spending spree. <laughs> I can't wait to hear Doc Brown talk about all the drug combos that Vanessa is on. <laughs> <sighs> the end with the Fisher kids hugging Nate tugged at my heartstrings. A little dust even got in my eyes. Yes. Yeah, me too. And ooh, with Billy telling Brent he's in love with her, incest is wrong. Agreed. <laughs> all in all, though, I thought these um, last episodes have been so much better than the beginning of the season. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Especially <laughs> with the missing Lisa storyline. <laughs> yes. Hopefully this will continue on through the rest of the series. Ex carny extraordinaire, Tammy. Don't know what she got till it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, Billy, 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 Billy. I'm traumatized. <laughs> All right, so let's quickly do some last rites here because Dan's got to get out of here. Why don't we start with you then, Dan? Um, it, I'm I'm sorry, Robin. This is where we just uh, tell our rating, correct? Yeah. And uh, you okay, I just your final thoughts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I just wanted to verify. Okay. Um, <laughs> I give it uh, eight out of ten massive TVs that will be outdated in the next year or two. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> it's so funny with technology. It's like you see this huge TV, and back then it was like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I love it. And then now it's like. Why would you have something so big? Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I just want to let you guys know that, uh, you know, I really enjoyed being on the uh, episode and everything. And uh, girls, I really like this season, even even through everything, because I know you guys have been really I know. I know you guys have been really hard on on, on um uh, what's his name? Robin. Uh, Rico. Rico. Oh. And, you know, well, through the whole series. Um, <laughs> you know, and Lisa and everything, and uh, you know, Robin, I, I just want to let you know that I like the series. I don't know about these ladies, yes. but I do. That's this is why I like Tammy better. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's the better half. <laughs> so, uh, what, what was your rating? <laughs> the uh, eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. What yeah. though? Yeah. You have to have uh, a massive TVs that will be. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh my I'm god! We're not wow, finished. guys, wait a <laughs> listen to okay. our guests. I was just <laughs> taken away <laughs> with. Maybe, maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't deliver it good enough. Hold on. <laughs> do, do it again, Robin. Throw it to me again. What? So, what was your rating? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Uh, you know the. 
just, just do the whole segment. The whole do segment. the whole segment. <laughs> okay. Do it again. So, Des, what is your uh, rating? <laughs> I'm not going to that. <laughs> Okay, all right, I'll do mine. Sorry, Dan. Dan just got <laughs> shot. Okay, on this show, Dan. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Robin's a cruel, cruel uh, podcasting uh, mistress. Um, yes, yes. I'll, I'll quickly make a song and I'll send it in, and then Robin will have to put it. In. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's do it. Uh, okay, so I I like that there was no Lisa in this episode. <laughs> That was great. But I really want to know what. Yeah, I really want to know what happened to her. Um, so hopefully we'll find that out soon because that was a bit frustrating for me. Um, the incest grossed me out so bad I am practically traumatized. And then um, another pregnancy just uh, uh, punched myself in the face. Um, but James Cromwell, I do love him, so that was nice. Um, I actually liked most of the episode. Um, I thought everybody was on their game in this episode. Um, I am going to give it one, two. Three, three beautiful deaths. Ha ha ha! You gave it a three. No, no, sorry. I give. Can we talk to Des? Send the count away. No, sorry. It's six out of ten. But then I had to do the counting because it was the count. Because it was the count. <laughs> sorry, I totally screwed that up. What a surprise! Well, Moira, well, you I don't have a lot to a follow lot now, isn't it? Or, or be better. <laughs> yes. Than. yes. Your delivery is awesome. I'll see you, Dan. My, <laughs> I want to make you look good. Moira, after, after Desiree and Dan, I don't think there's going to be – you're going to have to live up to much. So uh, what's your rating? <laughs> I feel so much less pressure now. Okay. I I um, agree with, yeah, what you guys have been saying, that everybody did a solid job and the storyline is moving along. And, yes, I want to know what happened to Lisa, but I got caught up in – emoting so strongly with Nate in his angst um, because one time one time my husband was missing not for very long I mean honestly guys it was only for like three hours <laughs> but it was in this horrible snowstorm and I had all this oh. and I was pregnant at the time so you have to give me some slack here but and I was imagining that that you know he was in a car wreck or something and all through this episode, I just was hearkening back to how that felt. And so I got really stuck in that. And it made it just made it sad for me. But anyway, um, but good. A good solid episode. So I will give it 7 out of 10 parallel pink lines on a stick. <laughs> on a stick. Uh, huh. Awesome. I mean, not awesome about when you, <laughs> was, you were missing your husband. That No, it was and awful. I yeah. And, you know, Moira, I can emphasize because, um, like, Skylar's been late before, like, half an hour late, she doesn't answer her phone, and I'm, like, panicking. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God, should I call the hospital? Oh, my gosh. And it turns out she just, uh, her phone died, and, uh, you know, she wasn't it's, watching the time. It's a horrible feeling. Oh, but I have to tell you where he was. This is the sweet part. You ready? We have two seconds. Mm-hmm. So here I was. It was. He was supposedly gone out yeah. to play hockey, and then it was wintertime, and he should have been home by now. He should have been home. And it was later and later and later. And it was, like, one thirty in the morning. He finally comes the door and it was just like the scene with Nate and Lisa I'm like all all tremulous in my little voice where have you been you know and um he he said oh I gone out you know with the guys to have wings and a beer afterward and time just kind of got away from me but here's the cute part all of that was a big lie because really what he'd been doing is he'd been in the office 
trying to get this template for a Christmas present for me. It was uh, he was having a like a coffee mug made up with Emily's picture yeah. on it. And, and he kept trying to do it, and it kept not working out on the photocopier, and it was taking him hours and hours, and it was way longer than he thought. But when he got home, he couldn't tell me that, right? <laughs> so it was very cute. So at Christmas Day, he said, do you remember that night when you were so scared? You didn't know where I was. And I'm like, oh, and then I got even more teary. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not a Cylon. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Dan, do you have to get out of here? Uh, no, I, I can finish okay. it. I, my like ultimate is like six ten is yeah. when I have to be like on the road. Yeah, we'll be done by then as long as these two don't keep talking. Uh, <laughs> 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 Bitch. <laughs> uh, this is an episode that yeah, I man, I I rate my episodes on how much it, they move me, and uh, yeah, I was like, definitely very much uh, feeling terrible for Nate and. You know, I I just I don't know. I, I I feel for all the characters. I I really do. Even Billy, I feel terrible for uh, the psycho psycho depressive obsessive thing he's got for his sister. I feel bad for him. Um, you know, I'm not exactly. Why do I feel the need to explain myself? It, uh, I'm not. Everybody <laughs> knows I'm not a fan of incest, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I, I really just—I don't know—the last moments of this episode just really just kind of choked me up a bit. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm gonna give it a solid uh, ten out of ten uh, reading glasses of destiny. Mm. Uh, wow. You little foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> so let's bury this babe because babe's a movie starring James Cromwell on uh, yes. iTunes uh, we need ratings we need reviews we need you we don't need we don't need them we want them yes oh man I just remember the joke I was going to make 10 minutes ago so uh, you, you were talking about how <laughs> we could feel bad for Nate and how, how terrible it is that he uh, you know Miss people was really worried, and uh, I was going to say to 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 Moira, uh, now you know how our listeners felt when you guys went on vacation. Oh, that's right! <laughs> Boom. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> yeah, I already said the iTunes bit, Des. <laughs> All right, so. You can uh, visit us at fishercast.blogspot.com. You can leave us a voicemail at one five four one two embalm, and you can visit us on Facebook. Yes, and on the Facebook, you should join that because it's fun. Because I always try to give you a little heads up as to when we're recording and when we want feedback. So there's my other you it's know cool plea because I'm the beggar of feedback. Yes. <laughs> Or, or you can email us at fishercas one at gmail.com and tell us what you think as we enjoy it. Yay. It makes it so much more fun, you guys. It really does. It really does. Echo. Um, so, <laughs> I'm falling apart at the end of the episode here. Sorry. I'm hearing babies in the other room. So, um, so uh, no, not more, more than one, just one. Dan... <laughs> Yes. Where can we find you on the web? 
Um, well, Robin, I, I have something special to announce. Uh, Tammy You're pregnant. and I, no, <laughs> not, I thought I was, but it was just some bad tacos last night. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, Tammy and I are starting our own podcast. It's uh, an intro cast to X-Files. What? Uh, <laughs> you sons of bitches. <laughs> we're, we're, we're actually starting a, our own pos, a podcast, and it's uh, the IntroCast format, but on movies. Ooh. It's called uh, I'll Watch That Movie with Tammy and Dan, mainly movies from the 80s, maybe the early 90s, and we'll go from there. That's the title. Nice. That's so, a cool surprisingly, idea. we were able to get that domain. Wow. <laughs> um, can, I, can I just call myself, I'll listen to that? You can. <laughs> I'm always up to uh, uh, finding new movies or whatever, and uh, and of course hearing people talk about awesome movies from the 80s and 90s for the first time. You know, seeing them on their version. Will you have guests? Yes, we will. Um, basically, the format Ooh. is typically it'll be me who uh, I've seen the movie, and Tammy. She's I, I don't know what happened in the 80s and early 90s, but she just wasn't much of a movie watcher. Um, she had a light. Yeah, pretty much, and I didn't, and, and still don't. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll have guests and everything. And our first podcast should be in a couple weeks. I think as we were talking, Tammy uh, maybe or maybe not made a Facebook page and stuff. So we'll give you guys that information, you know, soon yeah. enough when everything's Love. up and, and going. Post in our Facebook group. Post in our Facebook group when you have a show up because I'd like to listen. Oh yeah, totally. Awesome. Make yeah, a promo, we'll send it to us, and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Wow, the first intro cast of movies. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, cool. So, um, yeah. is there anywhere? So, so it's, I'll, I'll, watch, I'll watch the... I'll... Yeah, it's really Boy, simple, Robin. Take it it's over for me. That. I'm going to add it. Yeah, it's just really simple, Robin. I don't know why you're having a problem with it. It's, uh, I'll watch that movie with Tammy and Dan. Mainly movies from the 80s, maybe the early 90s. <laughs> just go the <laughs> I just wanted the web address. Oh, that's the web address. I'll watch this with Tammy and Dan. I'll watch that com. movie with Tammy and Dan. Maybe <laughs> no, no. the 80s. Maybe. I'll watch that movie with Tammy and Dan. Mainly movies from the 80s, maybe the early 90s, and we'll go from there. Dot com. And you spell out 80s and 90s. Can we turn the yeah. URL that? <laughs> yeah, I will not. I that to you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so I'll watch this.com. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll watch that movie with Dan and Dan. Mainly movies from the 80s. .com. And 80s and 90s is spelled out. Feed <laughs> it two more times. He's going to be late for work. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Best URL ever. <laughs> no, it, it'll it'll be. I'll watch that movie. Is I'll, I'll watch that movie. dot com. But I don't, I don't think anything's you. up there yet. But yeah, it, it's I'll watch that movie. dot com. But you okay. know, you, you'll hear about it when we have a promo for the show, and then you know, put it on the Facebook group and all that fun stuff. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> oh, and uh, Des. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, you want to know where to find I me? Don't, I don't um, know. <laughs> well, Can you make it less complicated? Kind of, <laughs> yes. This month I'm taking a hiatus from most of my shows. But you can find me right now, the last two episodes of Lost Girl, mm-hmm. uh, or 
Fatal Attraction, a Lost Girl podcast where we talk about the Canadian show Lost Girl. We're in the second season, though, watching with Canada, so don't go if you uh, are in season one. Awesome. You can just Google it. Awesome. Well, uh, you can find Moira tossing her empty can of Dr. Pepper into an abandoned car and stealing a backpack. And also <laughs> on the Twitter, at Moira Brown, with an E. Um, in the middle. <laughs> oh, God. Moira. Moira. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank you very much, Dan, for coming on, completely confusing me and blowing my mind. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and that's it for Fisher Cast this week. Uh, next week, your homework is Twilight, not the movie. Oh God! With a very special. Have, you know what? I have a, a steak sharpened, a wooden steak, <laughs> right by my side, just in case. <laughs> They'll be sparkling. With a very special <laughs> mystery guest. As for Death Works Overtime, we therefore commit this episode to the ground, ashes to ashes, and dust to dust. dust. Bye. Keep the Cinderella. Bye. Bye. Yes, you better play Cinderella. That's gonna be awesome. No, you won't. Boyfriend, think I'm falling in love. The only man that gives me the things that I am worthy of. Hugs me and holds me, kisses me softly, calls me back right away. Communicates his feelings to me and cares what I have to say. He says, Baby, I love you, baby, I need you, never gonna let you go. Writes me love notes, takes me shopping, and to Broadway shows. Talk to him like he is a girlfriend, summer party every night. Never been so happy before, he's almost Mr. Right. I think he's hot and I think he's sweet And I think he's gay and I think he's neat Okay, okay, said my boyfriend's gay But what does it matter anyway? He hasn't come out of the closet yet Till then I'll take all I can get Two, three, four 
He doesn't think I know, but I know, I know, I've always known. He doesn't think it shows, but it shows for sure. It's always shown. You might think it's a little sad, but he's the best lover that I ever had. At night when we're lying in bed, he's not hard. It's okay, cause he gives me head. Like my mom always said, it takes more than a pound to be good in bed. You don't know the meaning of rock your world till you've been with a guy who thinks like a girl. Five, six, seven, eight. He lies and says that he's on meds, that's why he's never stiff. When I ask if he's not into me, he always says as if. But the way he makes up for shortcomings just could not be finer. Cause my new best friend is his tongue and his is my vagina. He reappears from under the covers looking like he's been to war. He's drenched in sweat, he catches his breath, then he heads back down for more. Afterwards, he's never tired, he just wants to talk. And cuddle me until I sleep, then he takes his dog for a walk. Someday he'll come out and I'll be happy for him when he does. But I know I'll be sad and I'll be thinking of what was. Someday this fairy tale will come to an end. Cause his fairy tale will find a like-minded friend. But he doesn't think I know, but I know, I know, I've always known. He doesn't think it shows, but it shows, both show, it's always shown. You don't need no penetration when you got a good dose of overcompensation. At night when we're lying in bed, he's not hard, it's okay, cause he gives me head. Like my mom always said, it takes more than a pound to be good in bed. You don't know the meaning of slot machine till you've been with the king who thinks like a queen. I know it's not forever, but that's okay, cause I'm his girlfriend.